I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello friends, today is Saturday, November 18th, 2023, and this is episode 227 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. As a reminder, you can sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, along with the weekly newsletter that includes inspiration, strategies, and ideas to help you grow as a writer and a creative. That is all at myimaginaryfriends.net slash footnotes. When you sign up, you can choose to become an imaginary best friend for a few dollars a month and also get access to the premium posts, which are long-form craft essays, as well as discounts on my courses and my one-on-one coaching. So please join me there. This week's best thing is that my new podcast with my very best friend, Inez Johnson, comes out well, it's out now. <laughs> the episodes are going to be releasing on Fridays. And so yesterday, as I record this, the first episode came out. So this is our podcast, which is going to be all about paranormal and fantasy romance. And we're kicking it off by rereading and actually finishing the Psy Changeling series by Nalini Singh. And this is a series that both Inez and I read as it was coming out. Um, like I said, I didn't finish it. I'm not sure if she did either, but we got a good ways into it. And it's one of the reasons why we love paranormal romance, why we write paranormal romance. And so going through and rereading the books and talking to them with someone who I've known for many, many years, uh, we were roommates at Howard, which we go over in our intro episode, which I included a couple episodes back. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've we've recorded a bunch of them and we've got them in the can. So they're coming out every week. We're doing the book episodes every other week and interspersed with that, we're doing episodes on like writer craft topics. So the first one that comes out next week, as I'm recording this, is this theory that Inez has called the Darcy arc. And we have a cool discussion about that. So we just finished recording this morning or earlier this afternoon, book four, Inside Changeling. So we're moving right along. And yeah, the um, the order of the episodes and the dates that we'll be discussing each episode are on the Ink and Magic website, which is inkandmagic.net. And I hope that you check it out if you are at all interested in paranormal romance or in reading or rereading the series or just hearing what we have to say about it, you know, breaking down the books and talking about what it meant to us and just what we're kind of gleaning from it as writers and as readers. It really has been a lot of fun and I I enjoy listening to them. (laughs) I think we're doing a good job. So check it out. You can search Ink and Magic wherever you are listening to this, be it in a podcatcher or on YouTube. My writing update. So I've been talking a lot. My voice is feeling scratchy because I did record an hour long podcast before this and I've been dictating my NaNoWriMo still. Uh... Not every day, but every couple of days. And that's still going well. But I am feeling the strain on my voice when I talk for like an hour. You know, whenever I talk for an hour, whether I am giving a workshop or teaching or just talking to people in the world, if I happen to ever talk to someone for an hour in in a case where I am not teaching, I don't know what that would be, but maybe it's happened. Maybe like at Thanksgiving or something. I just, yeah, I feel the strain and I feel like scratchy and scraggly, but dictation is, is going really well. And I'm excited to bring it into a part of my process and see how it changes things, how it speeds things up, how it adjusts the story that I'm telling. I feel like it has it has tendrils that, you know, and I don't know that I will be able to tell and I don't know that a reader will be able to tell because it's still me, it's still my voice, it's still my brain. But speaking the story, 
is just, it feels a little bit different. And when, whenever I edit this NaNoWriMo story, which may or may not be January, <laughs> but uh, I will find out more because the, the draft feels cleaner. Like I have been rereading the scenes and they're actually readable by humans. And traditionally, my fir- fast first drafts are not. They're laden with not just typos, but just sort of half thoughts. I'm doing less of that because I'm speaking. And that's really interesting. Just the way that the first draft feels coming out of me is different. And it's hard for me to articulate because I'm not exactly sure, but it just is different. Now, the fly in the ointment that came about this week, and I talked about this on the write-in that I was doing, that I do on YouTube. So if you're not aware, Mondays and Wednesdays usually, although this week it was Thursday. But the next two weeks, if you're listening to this in real time, we'll be doing live write-ins Mondays and Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern for Nano. I was talking about working on three books at once. So this whole month, I've been working on two books, Revising Brutal Fortress in the mornings and many evenings, not all evenings, drafting this Nano book, which is called Aster Gregory and the Optimism of Omens at the moment. And then I got my copy edits back for Daughter of the Merciful Deep, which is the Black Towns book that you may have heard me talk about many, many times over the past year and a half, two years. How long has it been? Anyway, I think it's just been a year. So yeah, copy edits came back. So I I looked at the copy edits. I opened them up to the first chapter and I saw the first note from the editor. And I was like, oh, this is going to take me some time. That first note was just like a detailed thing. And I was like, whoa, okay. With traditional publishers, you don't know who what, what copy editor you're going to get. I, I never know their names. The names are not anywhere. It's not the same person that I had before. I don't think I've ever gotten the same copy editor, not the, to my knowledge. They feel different, you know, their their comments and their um, their edits just feel like it's a different human being. And so and I think it's, I'm pretty sure they just freelance this job out to copy editors, which is fine. But this particular person is very detailed, very good copy editor. If I could request this person again, I would. I like the detail. I like thinking about things, but it means that I'm reading through this manuscript, which I haven't touched in weeks, with a very close eye, trying to hold it all in my brain, answer these questions, word choice. A lot of my copy edits are, you use this word four times in this paragraph. Do you want to maybe choose a different word? Or everyone's nodding. She, she literally, the editor literally put like, you use the word nod like 600 times in this manuscript. Like it's counted or some version of nod, head shaking. There are things that are my crutches that I know are my crutches, but I very rarely go back and purposefully try to remove them. But that is what the copy edit is for. And I appreciate the chance to do that. I do a lot of gazing. People are always shaking their head. Oh my goodness. People are always shaking their head or shrugging. People shrug a lot in my books. And I'm sure there are books on the shelf that haven't been so assiduously copy edited that <laughs> have a lot of shrugging and nodding and head shaking and all the rest. So yeah. And then I was like, I can't work on three books at once. I can be in different stages. And they're all in different stages. First draft, revision, reviewing copy edits. I'm not really writing new words aside from choosing how to replace all the head nodding and the shrugging and the unoccasional word choice things. But I'm, I 
even though this is the last time I get to see this book, the last time I can make any sort of meaningful changes. Now, I've only gone through the first 118 pages out of like 500, and this is a 120,000 word novel. So there might be some in, you know, in the future for me as I go through this copy edit. But just the idea of working on three books at once was just very scary to me, especially with the amount of detail that I saw on that first page. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to stop Nano. Like, I, I'm well on my way. I'm, I was on track, even writing every other day to to win. And then it's like, but I can't, I can't do this. And that was the first day. But then I, I calmed down. I actually have been working with an author coach, someone I met at Nink, and we had a meeting and he was like, you know, kind of broke it down and into little steps and talking it through just helped me feel better about it. And so that was Wednesday. Thursday, we did the write-in on YouTube, and I was kind of talking about it some more there. And I did work on it on Thursday night. I did about under 4,000 words. My goal was 4,000 words. I was just shy of that. And I was thinking, well, what if, since I'm dictating, and the dictating is going faster, and this the copy editors are due in less than two weeks, so they're due the 27th. What if I do like five more days of 5,000 words? So the 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, plus one more day before then, dictating 5,000 words. 5,000 words will take me about an hour and a half. And that was before I was I realized that my voice is starting to go after an hour of talking. But I could, and then I'm, I'm, I'm 25,000 words in, I'm halfway through. I'm over that now. But I could still finish Nano. So that also calmed me down. What I decided to do was take a few days off Brutal Fortress, though. Now I've got it scheduled and I have to meet these dates because of the contractual reasons, but I had padding in my schedule for this book, even though I know that the end is going to take some time and energy. There's no way that I could devote that much time and energy to two projects. The drafting aside, drafting is is time, but it's not a lot of mental energy. I mean, it is. I, I shouldn't say that. It's a different kind of mental energy. I'm very drained after doing these drafts, especially since they're in the evening and I, I'm not an evening writer. But I've been working on NaNoWriMo in the evenings, keeping my mornings for Brutal Fortress. But of course, when copy edits come back and when my traditional published stuff comes back and it's got hard deadlines, and I don't want to push the date because Daughter of the Merciful Deep comes out June 4th, 2024. And it's on pre-order. Did I mention that before? I will put the links in the show notes. I discovered this by happenstance because oftentimes your traditional publisher will not tell you when your when your book is on pre-order. But I did put it in my author newsletter. So no cover yet. Waiting for the cover. But yeah, there's hard deadlines. The book, it, you know, it's for sale. If I miss my dates, things bad things happen, which I don't want to happen. And I don't think I need to miss the date. So I can do this. I just needed a few days off Brutal Fortress. So that is what I did. I decided to take at least a week off, which requires me to work every day this weekend, although I did not write at all on Friday. It's been, yeah, I've been a little bit here and there and everywhere. I'm getting work done. I'll be really productive one day. And the next day it's like, ugh, that was it. I don't have any more gas in the tank and I'll have to do other things or not do a whole lot. And then I'll be productive again. And then, so it's just back and forth. But after the last episode, I did get a comment from a, a listener, Midlife Book Crisis 81. And this was on YouTube. And this comment was super helpful. It was me talking about discipline and not writing and just, you know, being in a bad emotional place and just not being able to do a lot of work. And it's 
waning, but I'm still sort of feeling that way. I'm just like in these periods that kind of come up and down of productivity and then not and feeling okay and then feeling not okay. And I was talking about trying to find balance. So the comment is, for me, balance felt like a perfect something I was striving for, but often falling short, then beating myself up again and again and again. I either had balance or I didn't. It was very stressful. However, striving for harmony within a day, moment, or life feels more fluid to me, more forgiving, and accounts for all the elements that go into making my life. And it was just super helpful, like changing this idea of balance, which I think about yoga and trying to be like in the tree pose and holding it and tightening and strengthening and trying to hold my balance or when um, like rock climbing is a lot of balance work and you know sometimes you're shifting from foot to foot and you have one hand or a couple of fingers here and it is a dance and it's you either have it or you don't and most of the time you don't like having actual balance that point where like the seesaw is perfectly balanced is difficult and you can beat yourself up because you almost never actually have it. Harmony, though, takes into account the discordant notes, I think. And, you know, this comment goes on to say, like in the song of life, I'm going to hit the wrong note from time to time. But even if I hit a wrong note, there are two, three, four, five, numerous other notes in that moment to smooth it out. And I love that too, that idea of harmony takes into account the discord. And it blends it together. So it's not about perfection. It's not about reaching this perfect state where everything is in a row. It's about incorporating the flaws, incorporating the missteps and the mistakes, and making that a part of the harmony. And so giving space for those times. And yeah, reframing it, thinking about it that way, gave me a lot of freedom. And I really appreciate that. So thank you so much, Midlife Book Crisis 81. It can be a struggle, especially for someone like me who is a perfectionist and holds myself to a very high standard. And I do beat myself up a lot. Obviously, if you've listened to this, you will be familiar with that. And I'm trying, like I recognize that. So I'm trying to implement strategies where I can let go a little bit and not hold things so tightly and not obsess about things so much and try to get everything perfect. You know, I've been a, in a battle with perfectionism for some time now and it's it's ongoing. I don't think I'll ever win, you know, like there's a part of my personality that is drawn to that for whatever reason and it's part of who I am, but I can work to incorporate all the different parts of me, the parts that drive me crazy about myself and the parts that I like a little bit more into this sense of harmony and this sense of letting go of certain things. And that's what I'm I'm trying to do. And uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. So I have been still feeling scattered and not super productive. Uh, I'm getting things done, but I'm not getting as much done as I want. But really, it's okay. Like all the things on my to-do list that I don't get done from day to day, some of them have been there for, on there for weeks and weeks. I mean, obviously they didn't need to get done. Like there's thing, there are things that I want to do. But if, you know, inevitably the things I really want to do get done. So I don't know. I'm still working on this. I'm a work in progress like we all are, but I did appreciate that. So the things that are on my plate right now, aside from all of these books that I'm working on in different stages, I still really do want to do this 
revision course in January. It's probably going to be like a mini course. and I think I'm going to teach it live online to save me from obsessing about it too much. I, I really liked the, the live videos on YouTube that I did for Preptober. And that's a way that I can address sort of the perfectionism because I do a lot of live teaching. So I create a PowerPoint or in this case, a Canva. I've moved all my PowerPoints to Canva because it's so much fun. You can have little animations without dealing with, I never really got into PowerPoint animations. I am, so there is a sign up for like a waiting list for the revision course. I will put it in the show notes. I believe it's myimaginaryfriends.net slash revision. And yeah, it's going to be relatively low cost and I'll do it live on like a Monday night in January, maybe two consecutive Mondays, depending on how much I have. I will be working on the curriculum in December or probably at the end of this month so I could actually schedule it and start getting people signed up. And then I'm going to shift focus to other things. I'm also doing the cohort in January for imaginary world building, and we will see how that works out. It probably will be the last one that I do unless a lot of people sign up and, you know, have a lot more interest in it. But yeah, I'm just kind of evaluating what I want to be doing. Like I enjoy the teaching and that, but everything is kind of on the table now as I'm looking at my energy and looking at where I want my business to go and all of these big questions. Also, I'm going to be featured on Jane Friedman's um, business clinic, which is really cool. So I went to her workshop on author platforms a few weeks ago. And Jane is lovely. If you're not familiar with Jane Friedman, she's a publishing professional. It's hard to describe what she does. Like she has newsletters free and paid and she used to teach and she was an editor and she's just a publishing expert, I guess you could say. And so we were talking at that workshop and she invited me to do this business clinic, which is basically her focusing on someone's like some part of someone's author business. And the most recent one that just came out, I think yesterday was on Substack. And I haven't watched it yet. I'll link to it in the show notes because I hopefully will watch it this weekend. It's about like, why is my Substack not growing? So we're going to do one for me on fiction marketing, specifically as a traditionally published fiction author. You know, marketing is difficult. I mean, not that self-published marketing is any easier. It's actually all one and the same. But feeling like I've never felt like I had a real handle on how to market my books. And now being orphaned at my publisher, which means my editor left, no longer works there, my acquiring editor. So there are, you know, there's nobody there who's really even read the book. <laughs> the book that's coming out, Daughter of the Merciful Deep. There is, my my editor's assistant has read it and she gave me feedback. So I, I shouldn't say that. But, you know, when you're orphaned, it just means you're kind of up in the air, you know, and you don't know what kind of backing you're going to get from people who didn't choose this book, who didn't shepherd this book into existence. I've been assigned a new editor who I meet next week, and I'm excited about that. But uh, yeah, there's so much about this book that scares me. It was scary writing it. It was difficult writing it. Um, the reception is unknown, like with any book. And I just put so much into it, you know, and I, I know I have to let that go. I have to be like, I put it into the world. I put my heart and soul into it. I did my very best. I'm nervous about it. All that to say, sign up for the business clinic. I'll put the link in the show notes. You can also check out janefriedman.com. I'm sure all the stuff is there. And I'm excited and I'm grateful for her 
for inviting me to do this. And we'll be, I'm sure, having a really good discussion that a lot of people will be able to get a lot out of also. Also, this week, starting Tuesday, November 21st, my course, Imaginary Worldbuilding, is part of this bundle deal given by InfoStack called Writer's Craft 5.0. It includes a ton of courses and worksheets and just writer craft resources at a huge discount. So the entire bundle is $49, and you get a bunch of courses, including Imaginary Worldbuilding, Creating Fictional Worlds for Writers. So if you have been considering the course and haven't pulled the trigger yet, there's no better time than now to do that when it's practically free because you're getting it with everything else for $49. So check the link in my show notes for that deal. It is only available for a week. It's a special Black Friday deal and lots of great courses from authors and book coaches and editors and just tons of resources to take your writing craft to the next level. I'm excited to be a part of it and to get the course out to more people. So definitely check that out. And that is it for me for this week. My goals for the coming week are to manage all the writing. Um, I'm only responsible for making mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving, which is the thing that I always make. It's really the only thing <laughs> that I make confidently that I can bring. I mean, I can I can make collard greens pretty well, but uh, mashed potatoes is my go-to. It's one of my favorite things to eat, so I think that always makes a big difference. Anyway, writing, of course, I've got some promo stuff. I do want to plan out the revision course and get that up and, you know, get the sales page up and everything, start promoting that more. Um, there's other things, all the stuff I didn't get done this week, which at that point, it's just unrealistic to think I'm going to get all of that done anyway. But I'll put it on the list or maybe I'll take it off the list and put it on a future list. I've started, if something's on the list for like three or four weeks and doesn't get done, it gets pulled onto the future list and at some point in the future, I might get to it. Some, sometimes it actually happens. But I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that you are filled with gratitude and spend the time with family and or friends or volunteering, however you choose to spend the time. I hope that it's a wonderful day and I will talk to you the next time. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriends.net. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at lpenelope.com, and I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts. <laughs>